This is the Two North Jackson podcast with news, insights, details, and accomplishments from Alabama's 67 county governments. Welcome to the September edition of the Two North Jackson podcast. This month we'll talk about a new communication opportunity, the passion journey for 14 county commissioners, and we'll follow the return of two county leaders. And now our Director of Communication and Engagement, Abby Fitzpatrick, visits with two county tax officials. We'll start this month focusing on a new communication opportunity between the state and county government regarding local property taxes. And joining us for today's discussion is Kim Hasty, who serves as the Revenue Commissioner for Mobile County and who also is the current president of the Association of Alabama Tax Administrators. Kim, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Also here with us for the discussion is the Revenue Commissioner for Cherokee County, Dustin St. Clair. Dustin also serves as an officer of the Association of Alabama Tax Administrators, and by their association's traditional rotation of officers, he's slated to become AATA president next year. Dustin, thank you for joining us as well. Abby, we appreciate it, and we thank the ACCA for doing this type of thing to get information out to the people to understand kind of what we do on a daily basis. As we all know, the county family made it a legislative priority during the 2023 regular session of the Alabama legislature to address a growing disconnect in how statewide ad valorem tax policies are created and enforced by the state and how county tax officials are required to assess and collect those taxes at the local level. To put matters more plainly, in recent years, there's been a decline in communication between the Alabama Department of Revenue and our local tax officials. And it's been the source of much confusion and frustration, and not just for the parties involved, but also for the taxpayers. So leading up to and throughout this past session, the association staff worked in conjunction with AATA leadership and, of course, in coordination with the Department of Revenue to develop a workable solution to help get state and county property tax communication back on track. The result was the passage of legislation creating the Alabama Ad Valorem Advisory Committee and essentially setting up a formal process for the department to solicit feedback from local officials when considering new property tax policies and for local officials to share their concerns and professional experience on how such policy changes would have to be applied at the local level and how they would impact taxpayers. That being said, the committee is comprised entirely of local tax officials, one from each of our congressional districts, two appointed by the State Commissioner of Revenue, as well as the current president and president-elect of AATA. The committee held its very first meeting earlier this month, and during that time, Kim was selected to chair this committee over the next year. Kim, I know the members of this committee are excited and hopeful for the strides that can be made in better communicating and coordinating with the state on ad valorem policies moving forward. Can you take a few minutes to tell us about the goals of the committee? 
Yes, Abby, thank you. Yes, we were very excited about our first advisory committee meeting after it was established. And, you know, just for us all to get together and be as a group for the first time and everybody introduce themselves again and just talk openly a little bit about what we wanted to do in the future. Of course, we know that it was established so we could provide input and recommendations on policies and processes on the abalorum taxes and real property to the Commissioner of the Department of Revenue. So we know what we have done in the past as far as having our appraisal manual and any kind of policies and all that given to us as elected officials. Sometimes because the Avalon tax policies are so complex and the laws are hard to understand to the officials as well as taxpayers, this just gives us a better avenue to move forward together to have open communication, which is very important. So we're really excited to have an avenue in order to do that. Well, and a few minutes ago, I touched on the communication obstacles that county tax officials have encountered with the department prior to the establishment of this committee. But Dustin, I was wondering, could you elaborate on what the process was like for the creation of new ad valorem policies? So before the creation of the committee, a lot of times we would receive what the department was handing down after the fact. It would maybe come through some hearings. Or it may just have been handed down kind of like the appraisal manual was that Miss Hastings had just talked about. The appraisal manual was just kind of handed to us. We had asked some questions about where they got their numbers, you know, how they do the research they did, and it was just kind of handed to us. Well, as revenue commissioners for our local counties, me being in Cherokee, the taxpayers come to us. And they're going to ask those questions about those things directly. And if I don't know where they've come from and I don't have the research, it's hard for me to relate to the taxpayers. Well, this is why it's done this way. So the communication before was kind of handed to us and we had to implement it. And it was more of a one-sided communication. And that's what we've experienced in the last few years. And we just want to see that change. Taking into consideration how the process of communicating with you these new tax policies has worked over the past few years, Kim, can you share some examples of recommendations that the committee might offer to the department in the coming year? Well, one of the things I really like about this advisory committee is that it says in the statute that we have to have the majority vote of all the revenue and tax officials before we can recommend something to the state. I like that because that gives everybody input into what we're working on, any suggestions they want to give us. So I think that's what we're going to be working on moving forward. But I think that we're just now establishing to see what they have on the table of anything that the state is working on to see if we can help with any Input. And then the things that we threw out at the last meeting, we're going to be working toward those in the next few meetings to decide where we need to go on that. Dustin, you may want to speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, we're early in the process, of course. This is all new to all of us, to the Department of Revenue as well as the AATA. So we're just trying to fill out where this is going to go and how it's going to operate. The first meeting was a very good meeting. We appreciate Commissioner Barnett for holding the meeting. And, you know, we're hopeful in the future that what it will be is an open line communication between the state and the local officials. And our goal is to see them bring forth anything that they see that may be a new new guideline that they're going to hand down, new appraisal manuals that they may be working on. And it'll be an open dialogue between us and them. And we can be on the front side of these changes instead of just being handed those changes and us trying to handle it the best way. 
a lot of times it's hard to play defense, but when you're able to be on the front side of everything and plan with them, communication goes a lot better. Everything runs a lot smoother. Sometimes, I'm sure, Abby, you know this as well in the ACCA, ideas are good and everybody comes up with them at times, but the implementation of those ideas can be a little bit difficult and the actual counties, the way we have to implement those things. Now we'll be able to tell the state, okay, this is going to cause a problem in this area. And that way we fix that problem up front instead of waiting and just having to find a way around those issues. Absolutely. I think that was the goal this past session. I completely agree. So I know many of our county officials and employees, especially those involved in the budget process, are aware of the important role of county revenue commissioner and the role of ad valorem taxes. But for those who maybe aren't as well versed, Dustin, could you speak a little bit about the impact of local property taxes for county government? So I think we're all aware that nobody likes paying property tax. That's something that we all have to do. It's not necessarily the popular thing. Taxes is always frowned upon. But for people to understand how important ad valorem taxes are to each of your local counties, your school system, first of all, in Cherokee County, the biggest portion of our property tax goes to our school system. And when people see new school buildings going up or new classrooms added to a school building, a lot of that money comes from the property tax or ad valorem taxes, road and bridges. Everybody likes to have a nice smooth road to drive on, but the money for those roads has to come from somewhere. You don't think about the sheriff's department as much when you don't need them, but when a burglary has occurred at your property, you want the police departments to respond in a timely manner. And for them to have the resources and the capability to do those things, of course, taxes is a necessary evil. In my local county, our volunteer fire departments, we collect for them. We give them a portion of the money, our hospital board. There's a lot of different things that goes in to where these property taxes are being distributed. And each one of those entities rely on those tax dollars to be able to function and to be able to supply goods and services to the people of our communities. And that's what we're all here for. We're here to work for the people and the citizens of our county and the state. Well said. You know, our Avalorn taxes are the main revenue resource for the majority of the counties. So it is very important that we collect the taxes in a fair and equitable way. But we are here for our taxpayers to come in and talk to us and to be fair and to be able to serve and to provide the government services that we have to have this Avalorn tax to do. And back to the advisory committee, that only helps us to give us another avenue to better communicate with the state so that we can better serve the taxpayers because ultimately that's what we're doing. For sure. Well, Kim, Dustin, we want to thank you again for taking a few minutes out of your day to visit with us and to keep us updated on this priority issue for the county family. Certainly in working closely with the AATA each year, it's always rewarding to see just how committed our county tax officials are to protecting and upholding the integrity of local office and of our local tax assessment and collection processes. So thank you truly for what you and your peers across the state do each and every day. Thank you, Abby, and thank you for hosting this. 
Yeah, we appreciate it, Abby. We appreciate the ACCA, the partnership that the AATA and the ACCA has been able to form has been a good thing, and we hope to continue that in the future. And as Kim said on this advisory committee, we see some good things coming from this, and we appreciate the Department of Revenue working with us and being able to open those lines of communication so we can better serve. Next, we'll turn our attention to our plan leadership program and its unified focus in the coming year. Justin Sawyer from Monroe County, a member of the committee, has joined us today. Thank you, Sonny, for having me. Our plan leadership program began almost a decade ago. It's hard to believe that. And in the last 10 years, almost 100 county commissioners entering their second term have focused nearly two years of their public life on improving their leadership skills and in making a difference back in their community. Justin, you're a member of this year's program, which started back in January with a focus on owning the problems in our community. Yes, sir. We as a collective group started off by listening to some Dr. Elko recordings on ownership is the key to greatness. And it was a great listen. A lot of good details that he would give us and enjoyed it a lot. We teamed up with some of the other plan members and led the groups and got real involved in what Dr. Elko was trying to show us about greatness. Well, that's right. The group has, each year that the new plan folks have gathered together and after kind of getting their feet under them, learning a little bit about leadership. And as you said, this year we focused on a program from Dr. Kevin Elko, which I think was really a great way to get started. One of the most important parts of the plan program is developing relationships between the members of the program. This group's been unique. You added a member at the ACCA convention back in August, which I thought, again, was a great sign of leadership inside this group. And I know that you've already become close, all of you together to each other in this program. Yes, sir. It is a great way to develop relationships and connections with people from all around the state. Colin Daly, he's from the north part of Alabama. We have Jeb Ball from Baldwin County. We're all over. And it has just opened my eyes at the differences between the problems from county to county because we have some large counties represented and small counties represented. And the main thing that we all come to agreement with is the problem of the mental health that's in every county in this state and across the country. And unlike the past groups, they've all had individual passion projects that they did together. But as this group started, we decided that we wanted to do something as a whole. And our passion project is going to be to try to make a difference with the mental health problem that we face in this state. Let's talk about mental health for a minute. For me, it was very rewarding at the meeting we held during the convention on Wednesday night when most of the county family was off at a social event. The members of plan, we did have a nice dinner together, but we really got together to work. And the decision was made that rather than following the process that all the other plan groups had followed, and that is each member go back to your county, find a project to do in your county. The group said, let's work on something together. Those of you who were at the convention, We're there on Thursday afternoon when we had our mental health panel. You heard about this decision that Justin's telling us about today, and that is that the group is going to focus on helping the state of Alabama improve its mental health services. Just yesterday, you represented the plan group at a meeting of a legislative committee appointed by the House Speaker, Nathaniel Ledbetter, to develop legislation for the coming session. And I know you were able to tell the committee about the plan group. 
Yes, sir. The plan group decided that I would be the appointment for the committee. And yesterday we got to speak to Speaker Ledbetter and learn about what kind of legislation that they're wanting to try to write to help with this problem. And I'm very excited about what's going to take place when this next legislative session takes off. A couple of weeks ago, the plan group gathered together for its traditional seminar, and at that time, we asked each plan member to go back and interview their probate judge to find out about the circumstances in each one of the counties represented by the plan members, and I know that's something that you and all of your colleagues are going to do in the coming weeks sit down with your probate judge and try to find out what that judge needs in that individual county. Yes, sir. It's going to be a lot of information that's going to be gathered that I will carry back to the committee to give them all the information they need to try to find the right legislation to fix the problems that we're having. And then at the association's legislative conference in November, the full membership will decide what our legislative program and priorities will be for the coming session in 2024 in February. And we trust that the membership will embrace this effort to emphasize improvement in the services that we provide to those who are facing mental health challenges in Alabama. I know you and your colleagues, Justin, will be encouraging the members to join in your effort for this association to make a difference. And we appreciate very much your commitment to the plan program and for visiting with us a few minutes today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And now our final topic of discussion this month is one of my favorite Star Wars movie, The Return of the Jedi, or actually The Return of Two ACCA Leaders, Stan Bateman and Larry White. Stan is now again chairman of the St. Clair County Commission, re-elected in 2022, had served 28 years on the St. Clair County Commission before being out of office for eight years. Stan, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, Sonny. I'm glad to be back with the family, and I mean that in its truest sense of the word. I feel like the ACCA is a family for me, and it's very important. It has been in my life for many years, so I just love county government. And Larry White, commissioner in Escambia County, also re-elected in 2022 after being out of office for four years. But before that, Larry served for 24 years and was the very first president to serve a full term while I was executive director. Larry, it's good for you to join us today. Hey, it's an honor to be asked, Sonny. We've always had a great relationship and always had great respect for the ACCA and the job that it does on behalf of county government. So just glad to be here. And a little detail that most of the members probably do not know is that the bylaws provide for all past presidents of the association to serve on the board as long as they're in office. And so when the two of you were reelected in 2022, you automatically came back on the board and assumed that leadership role that you've had for our organization. And I guess I'd like to start our conversation by saying, why would you run again after serving collectively 52 years in public office? Stan? Well, the cliche of it gets in your blood, I guess, would apply. After you've been in it several years like Larry and I both have, it is definitely one of your careers. Of course, my official career in life that I retired from was with the State Gaming Fish Division, but this is a career also, so it wasn't foreign for me to think about it. Of course, politics is a totally different area, so why you get back in it is somewhat personal in different ways, but I just always felt like politics is an area that I can measure whether or not I'm making a difference in my own life, and it was really a hard thing to say, you know what, I think I'll see if I can go back in if people want me to. So that's kind of what we did. Well, Larry, you were out of office for four years. I guess I'll ask you the same question. Why come back to county government? 
Well, it's like Stan said, you kind of get used to it after 24 years. It's part of your life and you really enjoy doing it and you can make a difference, make things better for our county government. That's what I wanted to do. I wasn't ready to call it quits five years ago, so I've decided to try it again and we were thankfully successful. Well, Stan, you are among that group of folks that are in county government now that actually were in office back when I came to work for the association all the way back in 1988. You were first elected in 86. County government's changed a whole lot, hasn't it? By far. In fact, it's changed not only a lot since 1986, of course, and not just in my county, but county government nationwide has changed. And a lot of that change has to do with the collective efforts of people nationwide that are county officials and people statewide, and of course, statewide it's the Association of County Commissions of Alabama. But in my own county, being out eight years, it's amazing how fast things change. Going from a budget of around $34 million when I left, and now then the general fund budget is that. My general fund budget when I left was $16 million. It's around $34 now. And my total budget is closer to $60 million. So just in eight years, things change so fast, not just in Alabama. I think the biggest change that I've seen coming back is the different places that money came from during that time. And of course, the COVID money from the national level was a big part of that, how to spend it, and the sheer effect of that amount of money has changed both county and state government, I think. Well, Larry, I remember when you were first elected back in 1994, and almost immediately you became involved in this association. And I often wonder, there are people who don't and there are people who do, what drew you to being so active in the association? Well, I went through the mandatory training of 50 hours, actually went on to the 120, and being around all the folks that were involved in leading those training courses, I grew to be intrigued by all of the avenues of assistance you could have as a county commissioner, and then got involved with the ACCA right after I became chairman of the county commissioner because we were considered full-time. And again, having the vehicle of the ACCA to guide county government in this state, it was just fascinating fascinating to me how much good that could be done and how much has been done over the years with the cooperative effort of all the folks in 67 counties. And we got the right motto, 67 counties, one voice. It's just been real pleasing to see the effect that this organization can have on county government. You know, and I know, Stan knows that the ACCA carries a pretty good punch when it comes to county government. Well, and whatever punch we carry is measured by the involvement of the membership and the leadership that we receive from not just the two of you, but everyone who is willing to give of their time, whether they're on the board, whether they're on the legislative committee, whether they are from an affiliate group in their leadership. And county government has grown, and as it's grown, ACCA has grown as well. But I wonder, for both of you, with you know a little over three years left on this term, what do you see for the future of ACCA? CCA, what are the things we ought to be doing that we're not, or how can the association improve as we go forward? Sonny, I think the association is very well involved in things that they need to be. I think we are involved in several more things relating to county government than we were four years ago. So we continue under your leadership as executive director and, of course, Mr. Buddy Sharpless. It's continuously grown and been a part of county government, and the influence has continued to build, and it needs to continue to be a strong voice for county government because the successes are just so many. I can't say enough about the successes that we've had with the ACCA and county government in the state of Alabama. Stan? 
I think the association has done a great job under the leadership it's had, both you and back when Buddy had it. So I think we're still on the right path. But I think the key to the association being successful for me as a county official is its ability to evolve as our needs have evolved. We're not stuck on any particular subject. We follow these subjects from an association on a daily basis. And I think that's what has been key to this. There's an old saying in biology that the solution to pollution is not dilution. And if you look on the municipal side, I think that's too diluted. If you look on the state legislator and senator side, I think it's too thick. It's thick with lobbyists and those things. And I just really believe that in our nation, county government has the ability to respond to the needs of the citizens, whatever those are in transportation, in law enforcement and safety, better than any other level of government. And I think our association realized that particular role years ago and have continued to do that. So I feel confident that's what our association does. We're going to continue to be involved in whatever those issues are that are important to deliver services through a county to its citizens. Well, guys, we're extremely grateful to both of you for your commitment when you were willing to become a president of this association for Stan in 2005 and for Larry in 2009. And then upon your return, for you assuming that seat and returning to your position of leadership and advocacy and encouragement to me and to the others in the association. And thanks for joining us today as well. Well, thank you again from my standpoint, and we look forward to getting together personally as a family as we move on through the next three years. It's an honor to be here, Sonny, and just glad to be a part of it. And we'll continue to work hard to support the ACCA and really proud to be a part of the Board of Directors. And thanks to all of you for joining us on this month's Two North Jackson podcast. We look forward to catching up with everyone in county government again during next month's episode, which will be released on Halloween, Tuesday, October 31st. Have a great day. 